This is the Bristol Cable. It's all good for the environment, but what about people's livelihoods? It just doesn't feel very safe, and I'm kind of amazed that there haven't been more accidents involving pedestrians. Earlier this so, year, they are coming there, trying to implement a scheme that will absolutely destroy the area. We don't Some know if they have other sides. Let's try and make our neighbourhood less dependent on cars. We've got to do it sometime, so let's start now. Welcome to Area in Focus, a new podcast by the Bristol Cable, where we get out and about to talk to people about the big issues shaping our city. I'm Matty Edwards, and these are voices from East Bristol on the eve of the city's first so-called livable neighbourhood. The trial scheme will stop cars driving through the area along certain roads in an attempt to reduce air pollution and make the area of narrow residential streets safer for walking and cycling. Similar schemes have been brought in up and down the country, but they've also sparked a backlash as part of a so-called war on motorists, a narrative now being stoked by the Tory government. But back on the streets of Bristol, residents are divided. While some are strongly in favour of making the area less dominated by cars, others are worried about the impact on their daily lives, especially those who have no choice but to drive. After months of consultation and criticism, tweaks have been made and the year-long trial of the Liverpool Neighbourhood Scheme is set to come into force early next year. This may be just about restricting traffic in one area of Bristol, but it also throws up important questions about how a city can get its residents to drive less when public transport options are patchy at best. Why are people so emotionally attached to their cars? And how can we make changes that benefit the climate in as fair a way as possible when people are already struggling? We went back to the streets of East Bristol to find out. The first resident I meet is Lindsay, who welcomes me in for a cuppa. She lives on Victoria Avenue, one of the roads that cars won't be able to drive along as part of the scheme. Yeah, my views on the East Bristol Liverpool neighbourhood scheme are, wow, this sounds brilliant. This sounds so needed. It's become so normalised that the roads and the neighbourhoods are for cars. And that seems to be the top priority. And around here, so Victoria Avenue is this long road that's been used as a rat run for a really long time. They are such dangerous roads at the moment. Um, a woman got hit on her bicycle recently on this road. I think it's it's supposed to be a cycle route. Where's the safety? Where's the lane? Where No, it's, it's not a cycle route. On the micro level, having a more pleasant neighbourhood where there's more of us outside, people can push their buggies, people can use their wheelchairs or roller skate, cycle, walk more safely. We can sit outside. This idea of having benches and little pocket parks, making it a more pleasant neighbourhood, cleaner air, encouraging people not to use their cars so much. I mean, that's the sort of micro level. But on the macro level, we have to make some big changes. If we can't make these tiny changes on the local level for our residential streets, how are we ever going to get anywhere? Bristol has set a target of reducing our carbon emissions to net zero by 2030. And to have any chance of doing that, we need to cut car journeys by around 40%. People are really fearful of change, right? We know that. That's why we need bravery from our politicians, bravery from our city council to try something, to try it out. Um, 
I, I definitely think that the opposition to the scheme has been overstated. I'm not negating those against their opinions. And when I heard that some people in Barton Hill and the Somali community felt that they hadn't been consulted with, I thought, well, they need to have a voice. I'm not negating that at all. Um, I've you know, spoken to um, a couple of Somali friends, Somali mums at school, trying to get you know, what it is that they feel worried about. And some of it is that kind of language that I think has been the misinformation about being kind of trapped in their own streets. Um, And I think, yeah, we need to address those fears. And I think it's really important to talk to people. But yeah, I feel in general, it has been incredibly overstated. I think it is a silent majority of people that are for the scheme. But as Lindsay mentions, there are others who have a totally different view. Next, I meet Cade Anwar in Netham Park, where kids play in the playground despite the drizzle. Cade has lived just outside the livable neighbourhood up in St George for many years. The main issue is going to be the displaced traffic, uh, the closing of Victoria Avenue and um, Beaufort Road. Uh, We'll just push the traffic onto Church Road and elsewhere, and Church Road is probably already at capacity at the moment, if not near enough it. Well, you've got to look at why, why there are too many cars in the area first. Is it because people rely on them? Uh, with, with the cost of driving, insurance costs are astronomical, fuel costs are astronomical. So people don't drive for the sake of it. There's a genuine reason why they have to drive, be it work, family. That's the first thing that the council have got to look at and see why so many people drive before they just start putting in draconian schemes without... Uh, you know, looking at the bigger picture. My job requires me to drive. So in in a normal day, I could visit a handful of clients. Um, You know, I've got a boot full of files, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So public transport's not an option for me. I followed it very closely. Um, I've attended, uh, I'd say, about five or six meetings. It's it's a bit of a sham, really, what the council are doing. To me, it seems like they're chasing the funds which are dangling in front of them for this project without actually thinking, is this project going to benefit the wider community? Um, yes, it will benefit a handful of streets, as mentioned, but generally on a wider community, I don't see how it will benefit everyone. In my mind, there's no doubt that the vast majority of people are against the scheme. There are some who are for the scheme. They're generally the people who live on a handful of streets which will benefit from the scheme. And the last time I checked, we live in a democracy, so... If the majority are against it, you'd think that the plan should be shelved. They've just made a few tweaks in there, here and there, really. Yeah. Just okay. a few tweaks there. They, they've shifted where there's going to be a model filter on one of the roads, I think yeah. on Marsh Lane. Yeah. And if you were coming out of one of the flats to get onto Feeder Road, right now it will take you about 30 seconds. But because of where this model filter is, you'll have to go all the way around Church Road, six minutes causeway, and that same journey will take you 15, 20 minutes. Tell me how that makes sense. There's a lot of uh, unhappy people, unhappy residents about it, and I don't think they'll take this lying down if the, if the council were to just uh, bulldoze through with this one. People are struggling as it is at the moment, and if these further measures uh, are put in to add on top of those struggles, then I, I don't think they'll just take that lying down. There'll be a, some loud voices. Okay. One road that has been talked about for years as being unsafe due to cars is Beaufort Road. It runs parallel to Church Road, so is a handy cut-through, but space is so tight that cars have to squeeze past each other. For years there's been talk of restricting traffic here, 
but nothing has been done. I walk up the narrow road to meet Joe Ball, okay. who has lived here for around eight years. It will be just having, like, le letting my eldest walk to his friends on Beaufort Road and not being really worried about his safety. Uh, I, I also personally will cycle more. I know I can be a bit lazy in the car, and if it's harder for me to do that, I won't, which I'm lucky in that I don't drive that way to work. If I work, it's generally in the other direction. I don't go down Church Road. Yeah, so Beaufort Road is used as a rat run to avoid Church Road. From, like, 8am to, like, 9, half 9, it's busy. There can be huge queues all the way along the road. People get pretty aggressive and angry. And then when it's not rush hour, it's still used as a cut-through. People drive really fast to get to the next passing place, so you get cars going way over the 20. You get cars regularly mounting the pavement. It just doesn't feel very safe, and I'm kind of amazed that there haven't been more accidents involving pedestrians. Earlier this year, I was at home, and there was just this huge bang. It almost sounded like a bomb. And I ran downstairs. I knew it was a car. He must have been doing substantially over 20, like more like 40, maybe more. And he hit a car trying to come out of Glebe Road, the cross junction just near us. Spun that car round, so it ended up on the pavement, and <laughs> took out four or five parked cars, just shunted them all along into each other, and then our van was the one at the end that kind of stopped them all. And then it careered off and landed on the other side of the road. I just feel like there's quite often crashes. They feel like near misses. It feels like someone could actually get killed. I would never cycle down Beaufort Road. And I'm quite a confident cyclist. After the livable neighbourhood is in, I probably wouldn't ever take the kids to school in the car. We'd just leave earlier or put them into breakfast club or something. Um, it'd be love. It would be lovely to walk down Beaufort Road. And I would once the livable neighbourhood is in, but I wouldn't at the moment just because of safety, really. Mm. If you zoom out a bit, we have to stop having such dependence on cars. It's just not sustainable, it's not long-term, it's not healthy. It's all of these things that we forget because it's so convenient to have a car. It can be quite difficult to talk to people with opposing views because I think it becomes quite polarised. Um, a couple of neighbours round the corner are very against it for no real reason other than they have a lot of cars and they drive everywhere, I think. I walk back down the hill into Redfield, in the middle of the zone. One of the major roads where through traffic will be restricted is Avonville Road, which runs along the top of Netham Park. On one side is Guy Manchester, a keen gardener whose house is covered with plants and who has lived there for a decade. Okay. So, yeah, I can see both sides of it. I think it's going to be great in terms of making the local environment better to live in and greener and healthier and encourage less car use. And I can see the benefits. And for me at the moment, I think they outweigh the potential sort of pitfall of it taking a lot longer. I'm like comfortable that either I'll change my habits or other people will change their habits and over time it will settle down and become a lot easier but I just think there's going to be like a serious teething period when it's going to be really awkward for a lot of people and a lot of people aren't going to be very happy about it and like, yeah looking at the the bigger picture and the and again, the like environment, the changes to the environment are probably going to be slow to materialise and people are, aren't going to be immediately aware of them. So, 
I think it would just make the whole place a lot better and we'll see more people out on the streets and walking around and it'd be better for wildlife and it's very divisive it's um yes people seem to have very strong opinions on it people tend to be very pro it or very anti it yeah it's 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 an awkward one i try not to talk to too many people about it too much because it's a bit of a sort of brexit type issue where it can can get quite uh, quite heated quite quickly it feels like more people are against it that i've spoken to but i think they are the people who are more likely to be vocal so i i sense that yeah it's probably quite 50 50 I'd like to think more people are in favour of it because that's my <laughs> overall point of view. But yeah, I would say probably 50-50. Um, I've, so I've been here about 10 years. It used to be quite like, sort of working class, white working class and an older demographic. And as houses go up for sale, it tends, tends to be changing more to sort of younger people and uh, sort of... Um, yeah, a lot of people with families as well, so it feels like a lot of the older people who've been here for 20, 30 years seem to be more against the scheme. And the younger people, like I say, with kids, they can see that it'll make a big difference for the kids, maybe, as well as themselves. After I speak to Guy, I then pop over the road to chat to his neighbour Craig on his doorstep. Craig, who has his work van parked outside his house, has lived locally right. for 45 years. It would be terrible. I wouldn't be able to commute to my mum, who lives on Blacksworth Road, without going possibly three to four miles to get there because it's going to be shut off. We're just being restricted, barricaded in, basically. There's only one way out of where we live, which is Avonville Road. I'm not sure where the fewer cars in the area will come from because there is no rat run anymore. So because they're saying that Aven- that road there is the rat run through, but it's not. Avonville. Yeah, yeah Avonville. Um, it wouldn't be. Well, it ain't because they shut off Silver Thorn Lane sort of 15 years ago. There's no been any consultation with any of the residents I've spoken to, certainly not in this street. Um, well, for some of the changes, it would be good to slow the traffic down. Yeah. But restricting the local residents and forcing, bottlenecking them out through Avonville Road can only affect the residents up on the top of Avonville Road there. I, I travel all over the southwest. Um, I'm gone at quarter to seven in the morning. Yeah. So I can't ride my bike there. I can't. You know, I have to go to work. Same as probably majority of people. There's a lot of vans and cars you can see around. Obviously, they're they're in the same trade. They have to use their vehicle for work. Yeah. It's all good for the environment, but what about people's livelihoods? Investigative journalism that strengthens democracy is a necessity, not a luxury. As a co-op, democracy is built into everything we do. Becoming a member of The Cable means that you get to have a say in your local news, owning and guiding our work. To find out more about what makes our journalism different and join The Cable, visit thebristolcable.org today. Over the summer, there was a lot of opposition to the scheme. Local campaign group Keep Bristol Moving organised a meeting in partnership with national group The Together Declaration, who have rallied against low-traffic neighbourhoods and the ULES expansion in London, 
and most recently launched a campaign called No to Net Zero, prompting criticisms that people outside the area were pouncing on the issue. And us, we the people, I think that the people that are running things have become contemptuous of the public, they've become managerial technocrats, they think we're all mad, bad and dangerous and stupid and out of control. And we're here tonight and around the country to say we're not going to have that anymore. The other flashpoint came when the Somali Community Association said that lots of people were incredibly worried about the impact the scheme would have on their lives and that there hadn't been any proper consultation on the plans. This prompted more meetings in Barton Hill and a pledge from the council to do extra consultation. Last month, they announced tweaks to the scheme, which were meant to be in response to the feedback they received. The changes include allowing some vehicles to drive along Marsh Lane by adding a bus gate with exemptions for emergency services, carers, taxis, parents with special needs kids and disabled people. There is now also the intention to double the frequency of the 36 bus, which many have said is totally unreliable. I went to meet Abdi from the Somali Community Association to see if the changes had won any support from critical residents. We wander off Church Road and chat in a park in Barton Hill. Yeah, that's fine. We can, we, I, I personally cannot say this is an improvement of what we had before. This is just another tweak that they are trying to push this scheme, which I think is not appropriate for this area. We welcome if the city council want to make improvement in this area. But the scheme, they're trying to tweak themselves without proper consultation. There are problems that the community are talking about. There are issues that we have raised a number of times. But it seems that they're just trying to say, oh, we talked to the people, they said something, we have done this mitigation, as they call. Mm. For Barton Hill, I can take you around, you will see hundreds of residents who will say, the way they want to push is not working for us. They try it. They try to please certain part of the... For example, they say taxi drivers, they can still go with these places. Care workers, they can still go. But we're not talking about a few pockets of, of, of the people who, who live in that area. We're talking about residents in there. So they are coming there, trying to implement a scheme that will absolutely destroy the area. Parton House maybe 80 apartments there. There's another room there, another 20, 30 uh, families there. On the marsh line, there's some number of houses there. The Barton Court, there's a number of other houses there. All of these people, how are they going to drive? How? You know, you need to explain. You're closing both sides of that road. How that everyone, is fair? Everyone can access their house. How? Explain, Mati. We can go... What Abdi is talking about here is an example where the scheme has been misunderstood. After chatting to Abdi, I double-checked the map, and it turns out residents of Barton House will be able to access their homes via Avonfell Road. Next, I asked Abdi what he would like to see from the council. We, we agree to sit down together and co-design something that can work for the area. We are asking city council and particularly Don Alexander to sit down and or listen to the problems that we're talking about. We're continually repeating things and he is just trying to blame green councillor of the area. 
for things that Green Council is not responsible. Green Council, yeah, Mr. Yas, Mr. Mahmoud, he's listening the community. If, we, if, if the poor people from this area are already struggling to the city center, they want to make it, them struggle in their doorstep as well. There are challenges here that city council need to consider. After months of months of months that we were talking to them, telling what is missing and what is the problem are, if they bulldoze now and really implement it, this will not end there. This will not end there. Barry Parsons is one of the green councillors in the area. He's backed the scheme from the beginning and now wants the council to get on with it and to work more collaboratively with local councillors. We meet for a chat in Netham Park on a blustery day. So the Labour administration has been saying that green councillors in the area don't support the scheme. Um, That's categorically untrue. We've supported it all the way. I think it's unfortunate that they seem to be trying to electioneer this issue. There's been an element, I think, of bungling by the administration. They didn't take advice from other local authorities uh, who have experience of what's best practice in these sorts of schemes. And then rather than going out there, listening to people's concerns, actually selling the benefits of these schemes to the community, they've resorted to blaming the opposition. Um, and I think that's deeply unfortunate. This is something that we should be working together on. So yes, there's been, there's been kind of opposition, but there's also a great deal of support for the scheme locally, and especially in, you know, in my ward. One of, the, one of the biggest issues that people have is the streets are so car-dominated. I am hopeful that if we get to the stage of actually getting a scheme implemented, getting a trial scheme, and people experience the benefits for themselves, um, then as we've seen in other areas, a lot of the opposition to this type of scheme um, tends to melt away. If anything, there's been more consultation on this particular scheme than I know of for any other low-traffic neighbourhood, livable neighbourhood type scheme anywhere else in the country. What I would question is whether the kind of engagement and the kind of consultation that has happened so far has been the kind of consultation that helps people to understand what is being proposed and meaningfully contribute to those proposals. Communication around the scheme could definitely have been clearer from the start. I can understand the rationale behind behind these changes. There's a, there's a change to, to the scheme in Barton Hill, which means that um, vehicles will now be able to pass from Days Road down to the feeder through the middle of Barton Hill. That runs the risk of creating a rat run through the Barton Hill, which um, it's questionable whether I think these changes are going to allay all the concerns that people have in the first place. At the same time, we do want the council to get on with it. This was promised in the Mayor's Manifesto two and a half years ago now, and other local authorities are pressing ahead with schemes um, at a much faster rate than Bristol is. So the Green Party does want the administration... Uh, to go further on these types of schemes. Um, We uh, introduced a successful budget amendment earlier this year for a livable neighbourhood in South Bristol and we want to see work starting on that as soon as possible as well. We want to learn from this experience and we want to learn from the experiences of other local authorities that have introduced these schemes successfully and we want to be able to do them quicker, more cheaply and with 
better engagement with residents that starts with an honest conversation right from the start. Okay. Thanks very much. After all these conversations, it's clear the council still has people to win over. Weeks later, I get to speak with Don Alexander, the cabinet member for transport, to discuss some of the concerns people raised. After wandering the long corridors of City Hall, we find a quiet corner to talk in. He starts by telling me that residents will get another chance to have their say when a statutory consultation comes out in early December. This now means the Liverpool Neighbourhood Trial could launch in February or March next year. Um, it is still consultation. And in fact, what we're talking about is a pilot scheme which we hope to implement for a year. And during that time, we will continue to engage. And there's every possibility that whoever is in administration at that time could still make changes to that after that. So but the question is, does the council bear any responsibility for people not understanding the scheme? after such a lengthy engagement process? You know, a scheme like this is very difficult to continue discussing in the abstract. You know, people tend to have particular views and they will kind of stay within those views. That's why you have a pilot, really, so that people can test it on the ground. And for those people who feel kind of very threatened by it or have misunderstood it, I think they will find that... um, Things are better than they thought, uh, and they all need to know that we can make we can make changes if it's a, if it's disastrous for anyone. But I, I don't believe it is because actually what we're doing here is retrofitting just a modern highways design onto an older area of housing. If you moved into a more modern, a newly developed estate, this would be the kind of thing you'd have anyway, largely. So this is a, a pilot of retrofitting, and it's something that. If we can make it work here, we could apply right across the city. Some of the things we heard were particular concerns from the Lawrence Hill end about the nature of people's work quite commonly down there and their care duties and the responsibilities for children uh, with particular special needs, transport needs that resulted from that. We can, for the first time, implement a scheme whereby we would be able to give a pass to go through that. Here, I asked Don about the promise of co-design that was made during meetings with Barton Hill residents earlier this year. Well, this has, this has been a co-design process from the beginning. We've always maintained that. Now, that has never meant sitting around a table with one area of the project and designing it, partly because there's an interrelatedness to the whole project, which means that you can't just sit down with any particular group in any particular area and design it because it impacts on other areas. There has been misunderstandings and some of those have been ideological and others of them have... We've found people have just completely misunderstood aspects of the scheme that they wouldn't be able to have a car anymore or they, you know, they would be locked into their roads or there would be some form of surveillance or something like that. Where they've got those ideas from, I don't know, but um, none of those are true. We're going to review the way that we've done this so far, and we always must accept a level of responsibility and a desire to do something better. You know, this is a, quite a pioneering scheme in its, uh, in its nature and it, it, its size. Uh, certainly for Bristol, it's, it, it's a first. Well, there are people from outside the city who, who I have met 
and there are political parties that have not always um, been clear on their stance on this as well within the city. Well, what I'm saying is that all the Green Party councillors should get together and have a shared approach to it, a joint approach. Not one councillor say one thing and one councillor another, according to kind of putting your finger in the air and seeing what way the wind is blowing electorally. At some point, you know, you, you need to have values and you need to apply them. Yeah, it is largely people from outside the city, but if we talk about the facts of that, one thing that is consistently repeated is that we will be closing roads and people will not be able to get to their houses. That We've said from the beginning that it's absolute nonsense. It's factually incorrect. It's not something we could do legally, neither is it something we wish to do. What is the case is that in order to create space for some of the good things that people of everyone has said they wanted, you have to cut down some of the rat running and the extra cars that are in the area for no particular reason, just because they think it's, it's a quick way to cut through to Here, church John road. John makes his case for why the scheme is worth it. But I've also spoken to lots of people who still have legit concerns. I wonder, how much overall opposition does he think there is? I don't think from people who live there there's a great deal at the moment. Quite a lot of people, perhaps who are outside coming in, feel that it might challenge their sort of, I suppose, the emails that I've got, people who do cut through the area. But... um, I, I don't think there's a vast amount. I do expect that the, the, the consultation will bring out some negative feelings from some people, and the scheme itself may well do that. I've never said it, it's not going to be a controversial scheme. I've said it, I think it's going to have enormous potential benefits, but there's very little that has enormous potential benefits in transport that doesn't demand or ask that people change their behaviours. And, you know, that's not popular with with a lot of people. It can appear to touch at some of the areas of people's lives that are most important, such as caring for people, such as getting kids to school. So I can understand why it is concerning for people. And the longer you speak about it in the abstract, in some ways the more concerning it, it, it can be. So that's why I would like to move on to a trial scheme as soon as we possibly can. Finally, Don tells me the council has started work on the second Liverpool neighbourhood scheme, Promise for South Bristol, and he's already looking beyond that to other parts of the city. So I'm looking to this for my area. It would never be exactly the same as this, because no scheme is going to be exactly the same as this one. But I'm looking to, to, to what the learning is from this that I can apply to my area and say, look, this is what's happening in East Bristol. How could we utilise that in our area? And so, um, yeah, absolutely, we'll publish everything. All the learning needs to go out so that it's something that we can replicate elsewhere, right across the city, ultimately. Okay. Having chatted to people about the livable neighbourhood for several months, it's clear that restricting people's ability to drive is never going to be easy. There does seem to be pockets of strong support and opposition for the scheme, but I think it remains to be seen what the overall level of support for the scheme is. So we'll have to wait and see for the rollout of the trial next year. There will be another consultation in December, 
another chance for locals to have their say. Despite the council putting a lot of effort into consultation with multiple stages, there are still people who feel like the council isn't listening and is just doing what it wants. For some people who already have incredibly busy lives and are struggling, this feels like yet another burden and they don't see the benefits. So I think there's been some kind of failure in communication. But the council inevitably faces an uphill battle to regain the trust of some residents. I also think it's possible that people will get used to the changes once they're trialled, after such a long time speculating about potential impacts. There will clearly be lessons for the council to learn here, especially if they plan to roll out similar schemes across the city. There is growing evidence from low traffic neighbourhoods in London that they do reduce how much people drive and clean up the air. And yet, the mayor of Tower Hamlets recently announced that low traffic neighbourhoods in the borough would be scrapped, sparking protests from supporters. Nationally, as Rishi Sunak stokes the fire of this so-called war on motorists, this issue is likely to rumble on in the lead up to next year's elections, both nationally and locally. It will continue to be divisive as we confront this tricky topic of what role cars should play in our cities of the future. Let's hope in Bristol we rise above this divisive debate so we can have grown-up conversations about the impact of the city's first livable neighbourhood. This episode of Airing Focus was brought to you by me, Matty Edwards and the city's community-owned media, The Bristol Cable. Make sure to subscribe to our channel as we bring you weekly episodes from investigations to live talks and more. Thanks for listening. <laughs>